right. Uh, welcome back to another week of I Have So Many Questions. My name is Peter Kraus. And I'm Jake Leskovar. And uh, yeah, this is the last week of July. Yeah. Uh, July flew by. Wow, really did, yeah. Summer is... It really went by quick. Summer is fleeting. Back. Summer is fleeting, as they say. It's been an interesting summer, though, so far, though. I mean, like, a lot, lot going on, a lot of good times with friends, family, walks, daisy time. I would agree. It's been Lots a very golf. good summer. Yeah. We got to get a couple, one or, or two more games in before. I mean, we got time. Yeah, are you coming back to Madison anytime soon? Oof. I was just, so I was just there quick, quick in and out. I was barely even there. But so then probably maybe like September, I don't know, maybe like end of August, September. I mean, we got until really October for golf yet. I was going to say, we've got plenty of time. There's plenty of time. (laughs) I see. Uh, All right. Uh, So this week, there was no strict plan of action going into this as to what we want to talk about. Yeah. But as you started to catch me back up on what you've been up to lately, because I haven't talked to you in like two weeks practically. I know. It's like we need um, like a, it's like a catch up. Yeah. I think that kind of led to what today's topic will be. And so let's start off with what have you been up to, Jay? Let's just go with What that. have I been up to? Well, so I'll, I'll share with the listeners a quick little uh, story. Um, so this past weekend, I actually went with my sister uh, and her boyfriend up to my family's uh like cottage up on uh, Lake Superior. And that will, you know, that kind of led us into our topic for today. But I got back to Chicago this evening and accidentally left my phone in Uber. So that's what I've been up to hunting down my phone. This is the second time this has happened in Chicago and I've actually gotten the phone back. So I don't know if that's extreme luck or if I just need to watch my things better. You take that many Ubers or are you just paying that little attention to your phone? Well, it's that I take that. I mean, a little bit of both. Well, the phone is just, I have this, um, when I'm in the car, I take the phone and I tend to just like shove it between my legs. Cause I'm like, Oh, I won't forget about it here. Yeah. Clearly that doesn't work because I end up just like getting out yeah. of the car, you know, and I'm so focused as the Uber pulls up on just like, you know, getting out, you know, saying thank you you know making sure that i'm not like opening the door i'm always looking what catches me what what my issue is that i'm always making sure that i'm not just like opening the door to like hit a biker or like god forbid an uber's you know door gets flung off so most of the time i ask like am i I good to go whatever and so i'm like you know just like on alert and then it's not until i'm in the place that i'm getting to when you know i kind of like i'm like all right and the phone and i'm like oh no yeah um we need to give you like a mental checklist before you get out of no well and the worst part is that this is the second time this is i mean you one would think that you know okay the first time you know you learned your lesson jake apparently not apparently this needed to happen again at least you need a holster to get it back and in a very unique fashion oh my god well yeah so that was i mean that's half the story too because I mean, without having the phone, you know, I have my laptop. So I FaceTimed my mother and was like, hey, I was able to track my phone with the Find My app on my laptop and mark it lost. And I'm able, you're able to throw a number in there so that like the phone can call that specific number. And my roommate was in the air flying back from her hometown. And so I was like, I guess it's got to be mom. And so she, 
FaceTimed me and said that she got a call from the wonderful Uber driver who was going to be making his way back down this way to drop the phone. Did you give him five stars? Oh, five stars and more. <laughs> five stars and more. I didn't know any of these things were even a possibility. Like one that you can send a message to your own phone to give to other people who pick up your phone. So that it's actually, it's, I mean, maybe we'll, maybe we'll highlight, I mean, teach some people a new feature. It's amazing. So like if you, you know, leave your phone somewhere in an Uber, one might say, yeah. um, and you have either, you know, like an iPad or a laptop, or really you can log on to, you know, your iCloud account from any device. Yeah. Um, you can mark your phone as long as you have, you know, find my activated and everything you can mark it lost. And essentially what it does is it bricks the entire phone. And like, it, it actually even disables, like if you have any cards set in your Apple pay, it disables oh, wow. them. So I got like all these emails from like my debit card and my credit card that was like, it's been deactivated in your phone. Like it's actually really cool. And then you can pro like you can type in a, like a single number or a contact that the phone is able to call without having to type a passcode in or anything. Holy so that's when I'm able to, you know, I, if my roommate was right here, I would have said, I would have, you know, thrown her number in there, Right. but I threw my mom's in. And then, you know, when he eventually called her, you know, cause I, you can type a little message too and say, you know, it's a lot, whatever. Um, he called her and then he was able to, you know, bring it back. I was able to like, give him my address because they don't have access to your address once you, right. yeah. once they drop you. So that's a whole right. other piece of the puzzle. And because I didn't have my phone to mark it, it was like a whole yeah. whole thing, but here we are. <laughs> Holy smokes. My first thought is I don't know any of my passwords for all the different things that I have access to. Like there's, especially owning all these businesses and they all have different logins for every different thing and a different iCloud, blah, 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 blah. There's so many passwords that they're all just I don't know where they are or yeah. what they are. So if I ever get logged out, it's days before I can figure out how to get back in because I don't want to write anything on paper. What happens like, paper where do you put on? it? Where do you put it? That is the legitimate all my question I've had for a while now. Where do you put it? My suggestion, I know people say there's apps and things that'll keep track of it, whatever. Yeah, uh, what you know, you get that <laughs> well, exactly. I, um, utilize my like just i throw them all in the notes uh i'm like right. i feel this in the notes on my phone but it's password protected or face lock protected sure right like if i have my phone if I you have your phone face. right what <laughs> but if, if i needed to well if i have my then i have my laptop i could get into it with like the password and if at that point yeah. i've lost both my phone and my laptop i think there's a bigger issue and i need yeah, help. there's a bigger <laughs> issue. unless they all got stolen at once from a bag or something like that i mean case. that's true that's possible. But God forbid. I mean, yeah. yeah. That is it's just the more connected we become, the more difficult these little tasks become. And it's just. Mm -hmm. Well, um, and then like the, the, you know, the worst part <laughs> is that immediately, I don't even know why I say the worst part, but immediately as I, you know, I get back to my apartment and I realized it was gone. And, I, you know, I'm not like, a, I, I tend to actually stay quite level headed and like, I wouldn't even call this an emergency situation. I'm being so dramatic, but. And I feel like some people might be like, like start to really freak out. And like, Fair. I was like, I took a second and I was like, okay, like, let me just like actually take this whole bag apart, like carefully, whatever. And then that's when I was like, when I couldn't find it there, I was like, all right, let me check, find my, like really hoping it was saying like, 
God, maybe it fell out like in the lobby of my building. You know what I mean? No, I checked and it was like a mile away. And I was like, God damn it. But also don't know how to check, find my phone. See, I got to teach you. You, gotta, you, gotta you need to teach things. me a lot of things, Jake. Yeah. Technology <laughs> is moving so fast. They're like this is your, your generation is laughing at me and people in my generation now. But in 10, 15 years from now, the younger generation that's your current age will be laughing at you guys because that technology has moved so fast. Oh my God, yeah. Unless you're constantly in the like the thralls of it, you yeah, you watch it blow no right idea. by you. Like no. it's like trying to teach my parents things that uh me seems so second nature, but then they're trying to teach their parents, so like I guess at this point, just my grandma, like how to just use a flip phone. Yes. You know how to use that? No. Like how do no. I check my voicemails? No. But that's when I I was at back in my apartment and I was like, you know what I wish I had right now? A landline. Yeah. So that I could call a customer or at least just know that I could get a hold of, you know, God forbid, an emer- you know what I mean? Just You start right. to think of those things. Right. And I was like, well, I guess I need a landline, like a home phone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what else would you do at this point? Just crawl out your balcony and yell a bunch like that just. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I had the laptop, but, you know. Just frantically sending like out emails pigeon, to come yeah. help you. <laughs> so uh, I had a pigeon, Morse code. Oh, like, yeah. All right. So talking good. about that, that led us to another conversation about uh, you've been on a little vacation. Yeah. Little- so I uh, took my sister and her boyfriend up to my family's cottage on Lake Superior, Madeline and I on Lake Superior. Wait, it was so just the three of you? It was just the three of us. Oh, well, I didn't know. That's nice. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was really fun. We, it was a quick, you know, weekend trip and that's, what's, you know, amazing about being able to work remotely is I was able to fully run, you know, help run the company from the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, yeah. <laughs> um, which was great, but it was, uh, it's a really cool place. And if anybody's been to Madeline Island, I'd love for you to drop it in the comments because you'll, you'll, you'll know how special it is as a place, but my family has been going up there for years i'm a seventh generation that has been coming to this island um and my family specifically has a is really ingrained into the history of um madeline island and um we have a whole there's a whole row of homes where um that my like great 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 grandfather built the first one and now all of that like there's it's, it's a whole row of homes it's called nebraska row and um, it is, we're all related in some way, shape, or form. Um, so it's distant cousins. It's, you know, the, my like great, great, great grandfather who had the first home up there, you know, had children and his children had children. So we're all, you know, very distantly related, but um, I've been going up there my entire life. And it's been, it's just, it's a gorgeous place. I mean, anybody that's been to any of the Great Lakes, but great or, but Lake Superior specifically knows just, I mean, it is like an ocean up there. Like it, it, it really, it's nuts. And it was like my, I mean, it still is very much, but as a kid, like we would go every year, pretty much um, just about every year, a couple, you know, sometimes there'd be like a stretch of five years where we'd go every other year. Um, but it was such as just a cool place to, you know, hang out, see the cousins see family you know enjoy time together which was very special but this was the first time that I had gone up by myself without you know my my parents and this is all through my mom's side of the family and um 
it was the, one of the first trips where, so like I said, I, I'm a seventh, I'm the seventh generation. So the home that we have that's in my family is, um, was built in 1904. So it's just about 119 years old. And um, there is so much, the, the house itself really is um, like time truly stands still. There's no dishwasher there's there's no tv we just they uh they just installed why they just got wi-fi in the the house specifically the area you know has cell service and stuff but the house just recently you know they installed wi-fi maybe five years ago um and so this was the first time that i had really gone up and felt that it was important to really peruse the house and start to really learn the stories that come with it um so like I was saying, you know, with the house being almost 120 years old, there is, there's a lot of really amazing, just, there's so many neat things on the wall, pictures, you know, family pictures, portraits and things. And the house almost really feels kind of like a museum in some ways, just because there's so yeah. much to, to peek at. But um, I really focus this year on, you know, trying, you know, learning the stories, because like I was kind of mentioning to you when we landed on this topic was as a kid and I'm sure other people can attest to this you know you grow up hearing all of these stories about your family or I shouldn't say you know I shouldn't make the blanket statement that everybody does but most of us those who are those of us who are lucky enough get to hear the stories about you know our ancestors and how things came about and how things came to be and as a kid I always really enjoyed listening to those and it was always an important part of things you know it was always an important piece of this place specifically but it really hit me this trip that I am now approaching the age um, where it's up to me and my generation, the, the generation in my family that has been going to learn the stories, to be able to, you know, pass, continue to pass them down. Um, and it was really special. It was a really, you know, it, I think it really caused me to almost be like I tend to be very in the moment when I'm up there I'm like barely on the phone like I'm really you know I'm on island time <laughs> I live the island life as we like to say to my family but um you know this trip I took a lot of pictures I just really wanted to it was really important to me to really learn um and take some you know actually retain all of the stories that I've heard over the years because I've you know I've picked up bits and pieces but I really focused on focusing on them um yeah yeah and it was cool you know it's it, when you it's it's a really neat experience in a couple ways I found because it's really it's an amazing bonding experience I mean it, there if there's one thing that can bring you know I feel like in today's society we are always so um, meetings with, or, you know, gatherings with family have been, uh, what's the word I want to use have been like twisted to be this like negative thing. And we all, um, yeah. loathe the family gatherings and the, you know, the yeah. Thanksgiving dinner or whatever. And I think some of it is kind of, you know, crude humor, but I, I do think that if there's one thing that can bring a table of, you know, multiple generations together it's your own family history and it's really special to hear and it, it leaves you with the feeling of you know pride but it also really 
the looks on, you know, some of my cousins' faces when they were telling me these stories. And when I say cousins, these are like, you know, my grandmother's cousins. These are folks in their 80s. The looks on their faces when they're telling these stories is just like, it's amazing. You know what I mean? Like the smiles yeah. and the stories they're sharing. And it, it, it really draws everybody together. And it was really special. Um, so that's, yeah. So you had family up there this time? There's people up yeah, there already? Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah. So, well, for the homes so, filled, like all seven of them. Well, so it's well, it's funny you say that. It's actually really funny you say that. So we left on Thursday. We drove up really early Thursday morning. Um, it's about a five and a half hour drive from Madison, Ooh. and um, we got up there and we were there by ourselves. It was myself, my sister, and her boyfriend. And this was the first time we had ever been on the property by ourselves, um, mm. and it was so bizarre in a very interesting way I, I use the word bizarre you know not in a negative tone but we got there and I, I I'll explain it or I'll use the analogy of it felt like being in a school with no one there so we got there and it was you know the island itself is very quiet like it's the this area specifically is super old and i mean the history of this region of wisconsin goes back years and years and years it's a very um i can't remember there's there's three tribes that inhabited the island it, it was like the ojibwe tribe i just read the plaque on it i i there's i can't remember what they were but the region itself is really fascinating and incredibly historical it's absolutely uh, beautiful too. I was just yeah, looking at pictures. It's, it's the Apostle Islands. I mean, anybody, yeah, anybody that's that's to been describe that some way, of it. Beautiful. There's a couple of areas where there's like bluffs out over the water yeah. with caves yeah. from the water over I'll years. I'll post some of the um. I'll post some of the pictures that I took on the on you the totally podcast should. page. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it really is. It really is stunning. Well, like crystal clear water, pine oh God, trees it's, everywhere. Yeah. It's the it's the clearest water I've ever been in ever but the lake superior is the largest cold. freshwater wake in the world and it's freezing <laughs> so very cold. um that's why it's so clear nothing lives exactly well obviously but like there's fish and there's stuff in there, fish but like and stuff, here there's yeah. no bacteria yeah, yeah no yeah it's, say, there's tons here no you're exactly right and it's i mean it was one the one day i think the water got up to like 62 and we were like oh it's bath water yeah yeah that's pretty (laughs) nice up there feels warm but typically we're you know typically it's in the 50s um but uh i can't remember what i was saying because i'm i'm probably on a tangent what what was we're just talking about the history of the area oh yeah um and so i mean yeah that's been one of the coolest things too is that the area itself is so historical yeah um but so, but okay. So I remember what I was saying. So we got up there on Thursday, and yeah. um, the empty schoolhouse. It was yeah. It was it was it was just the three of us, and it was really special because that was really you know because the house is typically filled with cousins and you know just family. Like it's always there's always people everywhere. Um, it really provided me with the time to be able to actually take some time, walk around, look at the things on the walls, really take it in my, um, my grandma's grandma. So like my, so my great grandma was in, um, a really amazing exhibit a few years back. That was, uh, the women of Madeline Island and the museum did a really amazing write up of the home that my family has, but then also of my great grandmother herself. Um, and, 
it was just really cool to be able to like read like read that and take it all in and actually you know learn um and not be you know distracted by wanting to hang out with you know family and cousins and all the all the things but at the same time we uh we had a great night we got in and you know had a little dinner and the three of us went down to the dock and watched the sunset and we came back up to the house and we were sitting in the there's like one main living room um and my sister's boyfriend Spencer was you know we were just chit-chatting and Sophie and I were like you don't like you don't get it like typically like this house is full of people there's like somebody there's people in the kitchen you know clean doing the dishes because there's no dishwasher there's people out on the porch you know watching the sunset having an you know having their nightcap there's people upstairs getting ready for bed there's people running up and down from the dock you know doing whatever having fun like it's it's just full of people and so for us to have it just the three of us was really special but it was bizarre you know what I mean like it just it felt like a school without the people without the kids there yeah. and then then the next day but uh my two different sets of cousins came up so my grandmother's first cousin um and then his son so there's like a lot of family you know tree work there but um we're very close with all of them you know they're we we see them almost you know I've seen them almost every year of my entire life um, sometimes multiple times a year. And so we're super close with them. And so it was really fun to be able to spend time with them. And both of my cousins are actually, um, amazing architects. Um, my cousin George had a firm in Omaha and my cousin Alex has one in Minneapolis and, um, they do really amazing work. And it was fun to talk to them about, you know, they've done a lot of work on the Island as well. Um, and they're really into, you know, a lot of the more tradition it, it was just it was a really neat neat trip um yeah. it sounds like so I mean, once your the memory people, of this whole thing is pretty impressive yeah. <laughs> once the people got there it really felt you know like a like a typical island summer like we like to say but um but yeah hmm. has the house been updated in 119 so years it's fun it's funny you say that so really no the house is wow. not winterized the house does not have any so it really it's actually i have a whole i mean I, so I, I could read let me just pull like bits and pieces so i took a picture of this piece that was written about the property um because who wrote that piece so the the museum like the the island but so it was like with help from my family and whatever so it was this was part of the exhibit um and it just it really it gives the full history of the home from you know it was built in 1904 um it it has like i said it really has not been updated so with it being non-winterized um we like to say uh that it's really only like 50 years old because it freezes for half the year. Um, The wood that it's constructed out of are like real two by fours, like real, like my uh, in here, they say that they're twice as strong as today's variety, just because it was like legit, you know, I mean, the houses and think about it. They weren't grown overnight to make a fast house. No. Um, But so, like I said, it was built, it was designed in like the late 1890s and built in 1904 as a wedding present. Um, and wow. so that's how, yeah. So that, who to who? so it was from my 
uh, it would be great, great, great. So his name was the Colonel, Colonel Woods. Um, he was like my great, 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 whatever. But it was a gift to um, his daughter, Helen, who is my great grandmother wow. or great, great. I think Helen's my great, great. <laughs> it's like, there. it's too many. Yeah, there's. It's amazing so to think then... that's only seven generations in 119 years. Mm-hmm. 119 years that's not a long time it's a long time when you think of like our lifespans yeah. and a house being 119 years old but in the grand scheme of things to think there's seven generations in that short period of time yeah we have so many connections of people yeah prior to us yeah that is just mind-blowing i know it's wild but so um the besides you know there's a shower that was installed i don't even know what year it would have been late I mean, at some point in the, you know, mid 1900s, um, because the house started out as just like a small, you know, like box. It was like the living room. They went back into the kitchen. There was three bedrooms upstairs. I was at, And then a couple of like additions were put on the sides. There's like just Mm -hmm. essentially just like to expand it so that there's like a dining room for like a dining room table. There's, um, a, like an, another back bedroom on the first floor that was added um but there's no the, the interesting thing about it was that there's there was no architect of the house and it says in this um it was uh it was probably built from a pattern book because there was no like there was no real design and it's interesting too because the house has shifted over time so mm-hmm. like the you know it's very it's it's just absolutely fascinating rickety at points oh yeah i mean the the um the foundation is uh rocks and stumps like it's literally like it's yeah um what's the uh the design of the kitchen like so it's one big open space it's literally peter it's plucked right out of like the 19 like the oven is still oh, I, I, an oven no from idea. yeah the oven from is when? still the oven from the 19 probably like the 1950s um so that was like an updated oven right but, um oh yeah That's like so with cool. it you got a light with a pilot like the oh, whole wow. bit wow um but so the kitchen is like just one you know open room there's a table in the middle that we eat at but that we also use for like you know like a, almost like an island cards the and kitchen all is small yeah i mean the kitchen is probably maybe 10 by 10 like it's not it's not very large there's this little oven like all open-faced you know just like shell just shelves that have been you know built one on top of the other just like as more space was needed kind of a vibe and then <laughs> um the kitchen sink is like you know a metal like giant metal pedestal sink that oh wow up until just a couple years ago still had separate like most of the faucets in the home are separate like hot cold hot cold only wow a, yeah only a couple of them are combined um and then so that's what we like to call them the main like that's like the main house or the big house and then behind it sits what we like to call the little house and it was built in like the 1930s as a garage and then in the 50s or yeah and then in the 50s it was converted into like a home and now it's like a bungalow style home so it's like one giant open room little kitchen full bathroom oh wow bed yeah a one like a bed and then a small back bedroom even 
So there's two hmm. houses on the property, which is really nice yeah. because that's how we are able to pack so many people in there. So like we'll right. have people in the big house and then there'll be people in the little house. So like when we were little, I mean, and we, and you know, all the kids were little and, you know, nobody had summer jobs or, you know, adult things and everybody just bringing their families up. We'd probably have, you know, 10 or 15 people on the prop. Like, uh, and wow. when I say property, it's not that large of a space. Like it's, you know, a fairly narrow lot line. Can you see the water from where you're at? Yeah. Are so you on the water? We're lakefront. Yeah. No way. With wow. dock access. Oh, wow. Um, and we when, face. When are we going up here, Jake? Almost south. Yeah. <laughs> I should have texted you and been like, what are you doing this yeah. weekend? What the hell? Drop I everything. Go. <laughs> we should go sometime in August. Oh, we could. It sounds uh, amazing. Or early it's September. Just, I would tell. I've never been up there like in the. Oh, that'd be the best time to go. You start to see the changing of colors. You get cooler nights. Yeah. I guarantee this doesn't have air conditioning. No, 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 Yeah. Yeah. Cooler (laughs) nights would be nice. (laughs) And so thank goodness. I mean, we were up there the day we left, we left yesterday and it was just starting to get humid. But when we, I mean, we had like perfect weather, um, which was great, but it's wild to think that you have a spot in your family's history that has remained in your family for such a long period of time. And that you can still go to and see all this history and feel connected to that history and talk about the history. And then there's people still from your family's like oh, yeah. past, if you will, there. Because oh, yeah. there's these older generations that still use it. Well, and it was really cool too, because so my grandmother grew up, you know, going up there every summer, but they would, I mean, what you have to understand too is that my family that like you know, when my great great when the colonel who I spoke about was going up there. He was like, they were summering up there. So it was like their lifestyle. So the, my whole family was from Nebraska. And so they would all go up there in the summer. Um, the colonel would wanted to go up there because it was, uh, he, he had hay fever. And so in the summer, it was better air quality than like being out in the fields in Nebraska. So he, they'd go up to the lake. Is hay fever just um, allergies? Yeah, essentially. Which is so funny because most of that stuff but it was different like that was the same reason the house that i volunteer at here in chicago the family would summer up in new hampshire which is about yeah. the same ish latitude north because the sun had hay fever That's and so, so they, and they wouldn't be here in the, in the summer yeah like it was just every summer we had this bloom of things that the local population wasn't used to so they had horrendous allergies nothing's yeah. changed it's still the same way now and so they yeah and so they'd wow. go to these plate yeah so um all these my family was plants. Basically. My family was like, like would spend the entire summer up there. So my grandma would go up, you know, mid-May and come back at the end of the summer. And so she has made some really amazing, you know, lifelong best friends. And it was really special. Like I got to, you know, I went and popped by and visited a couple of them that we always typically visit, but it was, you know, just myself and my sister and her boyfriend. And mm. we were, you know, having like the front porch conversations with, you know, my grandmother's best friend of like 50 years. Like it was just, it was a fun, it was a really cool experience. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, 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 it is, you're exactly right though. I mean, I feel really lucky to be able to have a place like this that I can, you know, literally time stands still. And every time we go up there, it's just like, it's like nothing changes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's really hmm. neat. Our family has nothing like that. 
like I look at each family member throughout time and they've always moved every however many years. And at one point there was a cabin that my grandpa had with his cousins up north. That was a hunting cabin. Uh, I went there once and they all smoked cigars all night long and I got her pipes, whatever it was. I got so sick. I threw up everywhere. That was like the one memory I have of this awful cabin. Oh no! <laughs> but that's like, that's where they all went as young adults, maybe as yeah. kids. I'm not sure. And then eventually they sold it to sell the land because it was just going to make a bunch of money for the family, I guess. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was the end of our like, I don't know, lineage that was traceable like that. Interesting. Now it's just but, all through conversation with family members. Well, and that's exactly why, you know, getting us back to the point, I suppose, that's why it's so important to have those conversations because right. regardless of, you know, if you have a place that your family has been going for generations or, you know, if you've just got tails around the dinner table, you know, both are equally as important because, mm -hmm. You know, if we don't, if we don't learn the stories, they, they die with the generations, you know, that precede us. So right. it's, it's important. I think information is so easily accessible right now that we assume it is in every aspect, Yeah, but there is still we a lot forget. of information. Yeah. There's a lot of information attached to the past that was not written down for future. Uh, no, that you can't. And so you if know, you don't have Google. those conversations, <laughs> yeah, you're going to miss out on those conversations if you never hear the stories. Yeah. So and maybe you won't realize that until it's too late and you're 70 years old talking to your grandkids like, oh, I had this amazing story and I never looked into it more. I wish I could tell you about it. Right. And that's just a mystery. Yeah. I'm emptying my apartment right now as I get ready to move. And I was telling you this a little bit how I have little trinkets that I've collected throughout time uh, through different travels. Like anytime I go overseas, I'd collect a couple little things here and there. Yeah. And as I'm going through this move and seeing some of these things, I just see that they hold no value to me anymore. So a perfect example is like right across from where I'm sitting here, there's this uh, counter full of shot glasses and I don't really drink like once in a blue moon. So well, when you drink, it's not like you're ripping, you know, I'm not ripping shots. shot glass. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> I'm enjoying like a single sangria. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm looking at this thing. It's cool to see all the different locations that they've come from. But even then, it's like the memory is still in my head. Yeah. Seeing the shot glass doesn't represent a moment because it was something that I had to go out and mm -hmm. actively choose to do. Like I, I went looking for these shot glasses and oftentimes either in the airport or in little shops that were little knickknacks, whatever. So they don't really hold any sort of sentimental value. Like at one point in time, I thought they would. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the stories right. still will. I can still tell amazing stories about my times overseas and all the traveling to the United States as I look at this one and see Utah and then it's uh, what Colorado next to that. And I remember the trek from Madison through Minnesota, Wyoming, South Dakota, Colorado, and so on, all the way up to California when I moved wow. to LA. And that story and all the visuals that I remember from that, I can pass through versus mm -hmm. showing someone a shot glass that anybody could have picked up online basically nowadays. Right. right. So I start to now clear out all these things that I've collected. Yeah. And the more I've gotten rid of things and I had already kind of started to get rid of stuff before this move, but the more I'm doing it during the move, the more I realize physical possession just 
is not I necessary. I completely agree. I completely like, agree. Yeah, if anything, it just feels like clutter. Yep. And the stories that I share with people and I hear from others, especially family and friends, it's so much more interesting. Yeah. And yeah. informative, really. No, absolutely. Well, it's funny because so typically I love that this is what we're talking about because typically when we go up to the island, you know, we'll grab a little, I'd always grab a memento of some kind, right? So like I've got yeah. a million, you know, I could probably, I could walk into this closet and pull out two t-shirts right off the bat that I know exactly where they are. They say Matt, like, so this year I went up and I was like, I don't need another t-shirt. Like I don't need another sweatshirt. <laughs> like I don't, you know, what do I need that for? Yeah. And there are so many little, you know, not so many, there's a small handful of shops on the island. And that's one thing I will say about it is that over the years, it's become a very popular tourist destination, but it has not (laughs) Monaco itself is what I like to say. And that it doesn't have like a, you know, cheesy. For those who do not know Monaco. I don't even really know that well. It's a, we pass literally right through it. That's why I always have compared it because it's about three and a half ish hours Yep. from madison so we hit it just a little over halfway like on our trip up up north because yep. we go literally as far north in wisconsin as you can go before you hit which Canada. is why minocqua is so popular people are like i'm not going up six hours yeah yeah, yeah. i'll stop here this um, is good but so there's a few little you know shops and things on the island that sell some really amazing you know just real fun little you know magnets and things like that but this year i focused on I was like, if I'm going to get anything, I want it to be local to the island. I want it to, you know, come from somebody there. So there's an amazing candle shop on the island that's called Malvin Island Candles. They hand pour and make all of their candles right on the island. They're incredible. They have an amazing like recycling program. You can bring your containers back. So like my family will bring like our containers back from years previous. And it's just really cool. And then there's a lot of amazing artists on the island um, with it being such a, you know, indigenous place. Um, there's a lot of really cool art that comes out of it. And so I uh, picked up a painting while I was there. So like, I just, I've tried to focus on, you know, if I was going to get a memento, I wanted it to be something like that. Or I took it, like yeah. I told, like I said, I took a bunch of pictures this time and I really focused on trying to take images of things that I wouldn't normally take pictures of for the sake of, you know, I want to even create like a photo book from like this year up there or, you know, print a couple of pictures that I'm really proud of. Similarly to my, you know, ones on the walk, like, you know, taking that idea of having to, you know, get a souvenir or memento or something like that and being like, Oh my God, like I can, you know, I've got a ton of mementos right here on my phone that, you know, I can print out some amazing pictures that could even be passed down. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. just a cool element to that so totally yeah well i think that sweatshirt getting stuff here and there i don't want to write that off as like oh that stuff's not important or don't do that no. or don't get that or don't cherish no. it because there are things that i know i have that i still cherish and all that what i'm more speaking to is the excess of it yes oh like, exactly i completely every agree. like it almost became i was more interested in the necessity of getting the shot glass everywhere I went, then stumbling across something that meant something that to meant the space. Something. Right. Exactly. Next thing I know, I have a bunch of, like half these shot glasses were made in China yeah, and then printed with something from the local area. Yeah. And some of them are really cool. They look like they're more handmade or something, but 
there's okay there's this rock i think i've told this story before when i lived in athens i went on a photo shoot uh, on the beachfront of the aegean sea and the photographer set down um, his memory card on a rock where we were shooting at that moment and then we just moved on down the beach didn't even think twice about his memory card and all of a sudden we're however far away he realizes crap half the shoot is now lost it's on that memory card somewhere on this beach covered in rocks the entire thing like just picture 10 football fields with baseball size <laughs> circular rocks covering the whole thing most uncomfortable thing to shoot on ever but beautiful stunning like gray rocks and gray sand is beautiful and uh he's just like shit that was a huge waste of the entire day we'd gone to like four different locations all over athens beautiful like gorgeous shots and for whatever reason when he set that down i took a mental image of a rock right next to it that had a perfect vein in it in the shape of a white cross on a dark gray rock and we went walking back i knew a general line in which we had followed to get there and boom there was the oh, rock shit. and <laughs> a foot away was the little itty bitty sd card like an inch by an inch out of 10 football fields of rocks and there it was sitting right next to it and so what i do i kept that rock and on the back of it I just wrote the date in Athens. I and, love that so right? much. To anybody I don't think else, you've ever said that story. That's really? amazing. Oh to anybody else, that is just a rock. And it's got a cool vein in it. It's a perfect square cross in the middle of this rock. But to me, it represents my entire time at Greece and this moment that was very memorable and unique yeah. to that entire experience. A part of my life that was now, I don't even know how long ago, 13 years ago. That is really, really cool. Yeah. That's no. really Holy cool. Holy crap. 17 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's a long time ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, just that is the type of thing that I, yeah. I'm so glad I still have. Absolutely. That's so cool. Absolutely. Hmm. I'm still that laughing is... at the fact that your great, 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 great grandpa's name is the Colonel. Well, his name is Frederick. Uh, it was wow. he sounds like a colonel. Frederick, he he was he was a colonel. Oh well, shit. Okay, that actually makes sense. So that's why, yeah. Say. So that's why everybody <laughs> just calls him the colonel. Yeah, no, his what name. What would your be. name be? <laughs> like, imagine you started a house right now. If I started a house right now, what would our family lineage remember us as? He's the colonel. Um. That's just Peter. That's... <laughs> Old Uncle Peter, Grandpa Peter, Old... whatever. <laughs> but see the <laughs> Old Uncle Peter. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'd just be Jake. Crazy old Pete. Crazy old Pete. Oh I God. want to be crazy old Pete someday. <laughs> I want my I... grandkids just like crazy old Pete. <laughs> Walk around one eye closed and like a cane, <laughs> fucking with them. <laughs> oh God! Who's that? That's just crazy old Pete <laughs> screaming at him. Oh man! <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, we don't have would, like anything like that as a family. It's cool that you have that. Yeah, it's a it's a really neat, you know, it's a neat 
place. And that's exactly why, you know, as I get older, I don't want to take it for granted because it's a, it's a very special place that's brought a lot of, you know, our family together over hundreds of years. Um, And so, you know, it's neat, but like I said, you know, I, I, I just, I encourage everyone, you know, anyone who's listening, whether you've got a, you know, a spot like that, or, you know, maybe it's, a part in your local town or like I said even just stories from around the dinner table I think it's so important to to learn and you know be able to be the the, the person that can pass those stories down because you know they end with they end with us if you know if we don't yeah. keep them going well and you know I always like to have some sort of educational piece uh in these things and I think the teaching aspect of that too is knowing where you come from is so important to knowing who you are. Mm-hmm. So the more we get to understand the stories of our family's past, the more we can understand the imprinting that's now on us. Like maybe people understand this, maybe they don't, but I've been taught now that, you know, the, the true imprinting can go back generations. Um, but the scientifically evident, uh, imprinting starts when you are basically a, an egg being developed in your mother's um, body while she is in utero with in her mom. Mm. If that makes sense, in the reverse order, your grandma is pregnant with your mom. That's already being imprinted on what will eventually be you yeah. as your egg. And that's the stress. That's the environment. That's the hormones, um, whatever else, as far as I know. And so to hear then the stories that are associated with those people throughout their life, I think it's so important to then understanding yourself and how you cope with things, how you step into the world each and every day, how you have passions that drive you and where those passions may come from, how you have fears uh, and where those fears may come from. It may not be associated with you at all. It may be from your family lineage. Um, But also I think it's cool just to know who these people are and, what their passions were, what they were good at. Totally. And now, like, maybe I'm more like them than I realized. Yeah. No, maybe absolutely. I should dig down those paths and see if I hold interest in those things. Unfortunately, with this family that never really had like a stationary place, um, you know, my, my, my family on my mom's side is immigrants twice over, uh, Canada into then the United States. There's no place that I know of from that side of the family uh, beyond shoot our house is the oldest thing existing in our family's side over there and then my dad's side um south side of milwaukee but that house has been long gone and then the house after that long gone and the house after that long gone so it's really nothing to find the history in without those conversations and those conversations all now come through one person that's my aunt so i'm assuming she knows as much as she can and she'll then share it with us but it gets harder and harder to learn those things as you get away from the individuals that experience them. Absolutely. Yeah. Take the time to talk to those people to learn about yourself. It's kind of the way I, I look agree. at it. No, absolutely. I think it's important. Yeah. Cool stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for listening, sir. Thank you everybody for listening. Yeah. And if you've been up, uh up that way or if you've got a special place you know in your family drop it in the comments on our instagram 
share some of your family history with us because we'd love to we'd love to learn and make jake take me up there yeah <laughs> we should <laughs> we'll have to yeah that'll be fun yeah i want to go this sounds absolutely beautiful it's stunning it's my favorite place ever love it all right cool. thank you all for listening uh next week we have a very special guest i actually already recorded this podcast with her yes. but uh i will be bringing on the one and only Mother Teresa, aka <laughs> <laughs> Teresa Atkin, uh, my life coach and favorite person on earth. No offense, Jake. I love you. But <laughs> no, she, Teresa's amazing. She's wonderful. And uh, she and I had a, about a 90 minute conversation and had to cut it short at that because we could have just kept on going. It was such a great conversation. <laughs> and I can't wait for everybody to take a listen and uh, hear what she has to say. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Sweet. Love it. All right. Have a wonderful uh, rest of your day, everybody. Bye.